Episode 33, Changing Your Story with Lindsay Hansen. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin, and today Michelle, myself, and our guest, Lindsay Hansen, discuss some of the stories in our own heads. We examine how we have worked to change our stories and which ones have been the most impactful in our lives. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster, or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. Welcome, Lindsay. Appreciate you joining us on The Story in Your Head. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I was looking at your website and looking through all the things you've accomplished. And the question I have to kind of maybe start off with is, so we're called The Story in Your Head. Mm -hmm. And I made up lots of stories about the stories you had to change in your head to get where you are today. So I'm just curious, what was the most impactful story you might have had to change for yourself? as you, you're on your journey here? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think probably one of the biggest ones is the idea that starting an online business isn't realistic or that it would be hard or that starting a business requires a lot of money up front. I think business has changed so much and maybe, you know, 30, 20, 30 years ago, you needed a lot of capital to start a business. And it wasn't something that anyone could do, but I think the digital age has changed the game for entrepreneurs, and it really is a realistic path to start a business with little to no money up front, and I really believe that it's something that anyone could do. I just think the online space has opened up so many doors and so many opportunities that we have. We still often have this traditional idea of what entrepreneurship is, and it's this grind and it's, you know, this struggle and your income is going to fluctuate and you're not going to make a lot of money. Like, you know, that anecdote that most businesses lose money in the first like three years, I think. And I think a lot of us still have that story in our head when we think about starting a business, but that doesn't have to be what a business is anymore. And I think that's the biggest story that we can change for ourselves is really seeing what opportunities the internet has created and how easy it actually can be for you to start making money online. Thank you. Wow, Thank that's you, Lindsay. Great. That's great. <laughs> um, I'd like to say I can relate to that story. Now, I, I, yeah. I'm not sure the exact age you started, but I did it at 53 and left a corporate world, those jobs that had titles like president and vice president yeah. and director and went off on my own, which I, I still have those titles, only there was just one employee, right? I was a president and director yeah. <laughs> of one, right? And so I, I get that. And I also noticed that, like, for me, there was this whole story of, like, what will my parents think, right? Like, I'm mm -hmm. 53. My parents are in their 70s and 80s, right? It's funny that you say that because I think a lot of us who are younger are thinking that 
too, right? Like you're thinking oh, that, yeah. oh, I'm 53. And I was thinking I'm 23. What are my parents going to think about me quitting my job already? I, I had the same thought and I tried to explain to my dad and mom, right? And that's the dad and mom, if you're listening, I'm talking about you, like what my business is and how it's different yeah. and how it's not a role in a company and it's not space. And like, how do I explain that to them? And then like the podcast example, he goes, so, so mm-hmm. how do you make money with a podcast? Like, well, it's really cool. Yeah. What, what, how do you make money with that? Right. And I'm, yeah. really, I'm I can feel all those, like I'm a nine year old, right. Looking up to my dad going like, I don't know. Right. And a panic, mm-hmm. but to still notice that fear. How, how did you, yeah, how did you I go think, about that? I think too, the story that entrepreneurship isn't safe or it isn't stable is a big one because I think that's a really powerful one to reframe when you really think about all the opportunities, especially with the online space now, you can have multiple streams of income that you own, right? Or you have multiple clients or multiple streams of income doing like maybe you have some that are passive. Maybe you're doing coaching. You're also selling a course or selling an ebook. You're also doing freelance work, right? You're also doing a podcast or something, content creation that's bringing in money is to me, that's a lot more secure than you working for one person and relying on that paycheck and just hoping that they don't fire you. Right. And I think especially the past two years have shown us that that idea of job security isn't maybe actually all that stable after all. (laughs) So I think that's a really big story that we can all kind of reframe of is having a nine to five actually the stable path in the long run, you know? Yeah, thanks. I I can relate to that, too. I mean, I spent 40 years in a corporate career left and kind of with with the same thing with with parents or more with friends. You know, and the thing, just to go back to your, is it stable? You know, as I chose to actually lead my corporate career, there were a lot of my friends that didn't choose, right? Because Mm -hmm. it was chosen for them. And it was a big shock to a lot of people because then now what? I only know how to work in this environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other thing that's really shifted. You talked about, well, you can do a podcast, you can do coaching, you can do passive investing, you can do this, you can do that. And that, I found, overwhelmed them. Because it yeah. was almost like, well, if I show up here, right, I've got a structure, I can work it here, I kind of know what to expect, if things go on, I have my 401k, and life is good. Mm-hmm. What a shift. And I'd say not yeah. a lot of them have really made the shift because they were just so afraid of believing in themselves that they can do something different. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. So I'd be curious for you, you know, you, I acknowledge you for figuring some of this out you know, many years <laughs> ahead of me and working in this environment. What fears, right? I saw the fear in them and it actually held so many people back because they were afraid to leave the company and they were in horrible situations yeah. because they didn't know what to do next. And you took that leap. How did you mm-hmm. do that? Well, it was scary. You know, it's not that I didn't have all those same fears of what if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if I don't make enough money? The imposter syndrome was definitely there. And it was just a decision that I was, that it was worth trying it out anyway. And also, I think probably a little bit of the fact that I was young and 
I don't want to say naive, but like I I probably wasn't thinking all that much <laughs> about about all of my fears as much as I was just thinking about this is an experience that I want for myself and I trust that I'm going to figure it out. I still have my whole life ahead of me. So even if it doesn't work out, I can go back and get another job. You know, like I'm not sacrificing at the time. I mean, I was 24 when I left my job. I didn't have a house. I didn't have a mortgage. I don't have a family yet. I didn't have a ton of responsibility. So I think that did make it a little bit easier in terms of the financial aspect of things for me. But it was it was scary to me when I would think about where, you know, what is the story that I want for my life 50 years from now when I'm looking back on it all? Do I want to say I stayed in this accounting job and I made a good salary and this was my life? Or do I want to say that I went after my dreams. And that's really, to me, that fear of regret was stronger than all the other fears of what if it doesn't work out. And I think that really is what ultimately drove me to, despite being scared, to make that leap. Really good, Lindsay. I I can share (laughs) that the story that I had was I was driven more by the fear of what if I don't try? Right. Yeah. Right. Versus the fear of what if I fail? Mm-hmm. And if I don't try, do I want to be not 53, but 73 and be in a space where I'm looking back going like I could have done and I didn't. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what it was that made me think that far ahead at 23 years old, but I did. <laughs> That's great. Very powerful. Yeah. What, what What do you hold is the, like if somebody was going to be looking at something like this, what is the first step somebody would take you would recommend to them? For someone who's looking to kind of quit their job and start a business, you mean? Yeah, move into the, from a, where you hold a role, one role for somebody to be in the multi-stream income world. Yeah, I would say figure out what you want to start with. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start <laughs> by trying to do everything and, and get multiple streams of income right away. Like Michelle said, that would be really overwhelming, but I would... I would figure out what is the thing that you really want to do. And I wouldn't approach it from what do you think it's the thing that can make you the most money or make you the most money the most quickly. I would focus on what you're passionate about. What do you genuinely enjoy and trusting that the money is going to come along with that? Because that's going to be the thing that you're going to be committed enough to to stick with it and to figure it out and to go through those ups and downs and kind of go on that journey. So to me, when, you know, when I first started my business, I was doing fitness coaching and I was really passionate about fitness at the time. I really wanted to help people. And I knew that that's something that would be really fulfilling for me. And so for me, it was always, I wanted to make an impact on others. And I think Finding that space where it's something that you're passionate about, something that you're interested in, and also finding a way where you can make an impact and help other people in some way doing it. And there's always multiple different ways that you can do that, right? Like if you enjoy baking, you could you could sell the things that you bake. You could teach other people how to bake. You could start a YouTube channel that's just entertaining people. So you could create an ebook, right? You could create a recipe book, like any idea that you have, there's always multiple 
ways that you can monetize it. So that's where I would start is figuring out what's the thing that you want to start with. It doesn't necessarily have to be the thing you do forever or the only thing you ever do. But where where do your passions lie and how can you use those passions to help or entertain or in some way impact other people? And that's where I would start. Yeah, thanks. I'm curious. It, it sounds like you kind of knew where your passion was. And, and I'm curious when you, when you coach or talk to other people, do they know what it is or do you have to help them find it? I think a lot of times we we say that we don't know what it is, but once we ask a few more questions, we usually do know what it is, I think. And maybe passion isn't the right word, right? It might just be something you enjoy doing, something that you're interested in, something that you want to help other people with. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we might have this idea that we we have this one purpose that we're supposed to be doing. And if we get it wrong, then we're going to be on the wrong path forever, right? But I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think a lot of us are multi-passionate and our passions also change. I mean, I'm not doing fitness coaching anymore, right? And at the time, I thought that would be something I'd love doing, you know, for years. And it turns out it wasn't. But at the time, it was something I was passionate about. And I was able to help my clients. And I that's how I started my business, you know. And then over time, we have evolved. So I think taking that pressure off of yourself, you don't need to know where you're going to be 10 years from now. But you just have to start. And I've also heard so many stories from the other entrepreneurs I've interviewed on my podcast as well, who say something similar, like they started their business doing something completely different than what they're doing five, 10 years later on down the line. But just by starting, they learned the skills that it takes to be an entrepreneur and to build a successful business, right? So by doing fitness coaching, I learned so much about marketing, social media, branding, selling, how to get clients online, right? And then I was able to translate all of those skills in the next iteration of my business. So I would say take a little bit of pressure off of yourself and just ask, you know, like, what is it that you would be doing if you weren't concerned about the money? Like, if if money wasn't a thing, how would you be spending your time? What would you want to be doing? And that's often a good way to to get to what your true passions and interests are. I think also a lot a lot of times we know what we're passionate about. We just are discounting it in our mind because we don't think we can make money doing it. So if you are an artist or if you are a singer or in any type of creative role, I think a lot of times we think, you know, that voice in our head is like, well, yeah, I like painting, but no one's going to pay me for my paintings. They're not that good, right? Or no, you know, I like, I enjoy singing, but I'm not good enough to be a singer or for people to want to listen to my music, right? So if, if we ignored all of those reasons why that can't become a business or an income stream, then what is it that you would want to do? And usually from there, it becomes pretty clear what our actual passions and interests are. Thanks, Lindsay. It, it occurs to me that uh, you have uh, some passion around coaching. Yes. <laughs> and, and like from fitness to business to, right? And why coaching? Like, why is that your passion? What, what shows up for you and why you do that? Yeah, I think for me, I've always really liked being in kind of that mentor role. I remember actually when I was back in college was kind of the first time I stepped into it. And 
there was, funny enough, it, it was the company I ended up working for. They recruited pretty heavily at my school. And there's an event that they do every year. Um, and it was, it's basically like a tax. I was a tax accountant and it was a like tax competition where you, you had different teams and you had to try to solve this tax issue. And then you made a big presentation about it and the judges decided which team won. So my sophomore year, I had done that competition. And then the next year, I was a mentor. So each team had a mentor, someone who had done it before. And being in that role, I just loved it. It was just something about it lit me up. Like I loved being in that mentor kind of coach role and being able to use, you know, an experience that I had and kind of walk somebody else through it. And at the time, I wasn't thinking like, oh, this could be a career path for me. But it did definitely light something up in me. And I think I mean, I can't necessarily explain why, because I think it's something that's just innate to all of us. We all have that thing that really lights us up, you know, but there's just something about being in that mentor role that has always kind of lit that spark in me. And so looking back, I think it makes a lot of sense that coaching is where I ended up. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've enjoyed coaching too, and especially with employees and everything else. And one of the things I find for me is... I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, wow, people have just some amazing ideas that I would have never explored or thought about. I'm just curious for you, how does that, has that happened? And, and like, is there something in particular that you remember when you were working with somebody that came across like, wow, that's insightful or that's great or that's whatever? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely learn so much just from working with my clients and all of, all of the even just interviewing people on my podcast too i think i've learned the thing that stands out to me most is that a lot of my clients are very similar to me and i think the biggest thing i've learned is that we often all have very similar fears doubts thoughts like the things that hold us back my clients all tell me the same thing and it's the same things that I was struggling with, right? And I think probably what I've learned the most over the past few years in my business is, you know, I remember feeling like I was so alone when I was in my corporate job and feeling stuck and wanting to do something different. And I felt like I was the first person who'd ever felt that way in, in that job. <laughs> and now it's very clear to me that there's so many of us who feel that way, we just don't talk about it all that much. And so we end up feeling really alone. But I think no matter what you're going through, and this has become increasingly obvious just in, with social media in the online space, and people kind of being more authentic and sharing their lives, like, there are communities for everything, you know? And so no matter what it is you're going through, what it is you're feeling, you're definitely not alone and you're not crazy. And I promise you there are millions of other people who are going through that same thing and and feeling the same things and having those same doubts and fears. So that's what stands out to me the most. I don't know that there's ever been anything I've I've learned that really stood out to me from a client, but I'd have to think about that one more. No, I, I think that's a pretty good one. I went through that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alone. And, and amazingly, in a group of people, right? It's like how how much you could yeah. feel you're by yourself, even when others are around you. So it's that's maybe a fundamental fear. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Lindsay, we, we've been asking questions to you. Mm -hmm. And 
like to open up a space for you to ask any questions for us. Mm, okay. We've, we've been on the call for about 20 minutes now. Yeah. And w- what questions do you have for us? Um, I'm curious for each of you, what is the biggest story in your head that you have had to kind of reframe or overcome throughout your life or throughout your career? Michelle, you want to go first? Sure. For me, the one that I had to, and I'm still working this, by the way, because it loves to come back into my life, um, (laughs) is the is the I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And the first time that it it was really, I really understood that I had that story so strong in me is our company had bought a, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry, had bought a, a company in Japan. And I was asked to go over there and in the interim to help it go from a traditional Japanese company to a subsidiary of an American company, which if you, which was pretty traumatic in the Japanese culture. Like, can you go yeah. over and be the CIO for that and find your replacement? I'm like, sure. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So hop on a plane for 14 hours, you know, show up and here I am in a place I don't even understand the language. And finally, one guy, the COO, who was also an American, pulled me over. He goes, I just want to let you know you belong here. Mm. And that's when it kind of hit me that, because I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like in a foreign country. I've got all these people working for me that don't even speak my language. I have to go through translators. I'm wearing headphones all the time. I'm sitting at the executive table of a $2 billion pharmaceutical company. I, I don't know if I can do this, right? And he's like, yeah, you belong here. You belong along this table. And I just want to let you know that. And that was mm-hmm. a real pivotal moment. I still, that was many years ago. Remember that? Because what I didn't realize is how much my own self delts showed up to others. Yeah. Right? And it's like, okay, yeah, if you believe in me, then I believe in me. And that really changed mm-hmm. quite a bit of how I was able to work the next year and a half and found a replacement and worked on. But I wouldn't say that story left me that day. And I still work it for all yeah. different things. You know, I, I took up tennis. I walk on the tennis court and every freaking time I go onto that court, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be enough? Is my partner going to like me? They're going to hate me. I'm going to miss the ball. Above My surf's not going to go, right? It's like, all right, stop. You're going to do your best. Yeah. And that's all you can do. And it'll be fine. So I'd say for me, that was the biggest ones and being conscious of it and working it all the time. Mm. What about you, Ron? Thanks. Well, first I can, I can just feel Michelle's story all through my whole life as well and everything. But I think the, the biggest thing that I, that I was had to overcome was the story about like, I'm not smart enough Mm. that like, it was like, well, I don't know marketing. I I don't, I'm not, that's not my game. Right. And and now we're in in a business where we're a media company and all we do is marketing and learning all that and like getting over that you're going to, try on i use the, the metaphor i use is trying on shoes you're going to try on shoes right you're going to try them on until you find the pair that fits right mm-hmm. so you're working with different people and you're learning from each person you work with does that mean they can get you where you at the final result no but you can learn with them while you're working with them and then you learn from there to go mm-hmm. okay this next and this next and just to not say oh i picked the wrong person oh how oh, i screwed up that relationship oh I, i'm not right and why did I do that? And it's about noticing the story of I'm learning. I'm learning something new. I'm learning what doesn't work. I'm learning what does work. 
and I'm ready for my next experiment. Mm, I love that. And that space has made it much easier for me to pursue my passion of this business, right? And to have people around me that are working with people that are just phenomenally powerful and a lot of fun. Yeah. And we all make mistakes about like, well, that was the wrong choice and no, we need to move away or no, we need to move too, or this is some new space and we're going to try that for a bit. But to keep learning and always mm-hmm. learning, reflecting this morning, the only thing I really own is my body. Mm. Everything else I kind of have rights to. So it's about how do I keep learning and developing me and my skills and my yeah. space. So every time I'm working with somebody, it's what can I learn? What can I try next? What experiment can I run? But it all comes from those are all answers to that story of I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Okay, I have another question for you guys. How would you define a success for yourself? I'll, I'll take it. So there's there's a part of that that's a success for the business. And I think it's where a lot of people go to. So at a certain number of customers, at a certain level of, of revenue, a certain level of success where it's uh, sustainable. And like that's great. At the end, I define success as being able to do the work that I'm passionate about, to be with mm-hmm. the people that I'm passionate with, and to have a lot of fun while I'm doing it. And for that part, I'd say this is success. Being on this podcast, working in this business, learning what I'm learning, even if we fail, I'm doing something that we love and I love being a part of it. And I don't, we're not going to fail. Michelle? Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's always business metrics. But for me, part of it is am I living every day in a mood of peace and joy? right? Because I, I spent 40 years not there. Mm. There were some days, absolutely, but there's a lot of days that weren't. And God, how amazing is that to be working in a role that you're making a difference for others, right? We, we truly believe the foundations of the work that we're doing makes a difference for people that take it both in personal, professional, and living in a mood of peace and joy every single day while doing it. Not to say that there's not some days you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. But to not get like totally yeah. freaked out about it, you know, because <laughs> we'll just, like, okay, that didn't work. What's next? Mm-hmm. So, and to be in an environment and working with people that also think and work that way. Thanks, Michelle. I want to add one more thing in is when we're working with somebody, either coaching or they're going through our program and they have done something that have lit them up. Like they're just, they're alive. Mm-hmm. They're, they're passionate. They're going, you know, and people notice them differently. And I said that specifically in a manner that when they have done something that has done it for them. So we produce what we call space for them to step into. And when they do step in, they do it. It's their choice. Yeah. And wow, is that fun to watch them bloom and watch them grow to know that maybe we had some small part of that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's that's success. So I'm, my next question, Lindsay, I, I, we, I use the metaphor of throwing your hat over the wall. If, if you're unfamiliar, it's what John F. Kennedy used it when he threw the hat over the wall to go to, to the moon. Mm-hmm. Because then you got to go get your hat. You got to figure out how to do it. So in three years, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? Mm, I... Honestly, don't know. (laughs) What I've learned from the last three years of my business 
is that where whenever I plan that far ahead, my plans always change along the way. So what I've really embraced is kind of just going with more short-term goals and and what is it that I want to work on right now and trusting that that's going to lead me ultimately to where I want to be right now. I would, if I had to guess, I'd say probably in three years, I will maybe be writing a book. I will hopefully have a much bigger podcast and audience than I have right now. I think I'd love to be doing speaking, more speaking engagements, maybe still coaching, but I definitely could also see myself pivoting more into writing, speaking, and and kind of being a thought leader in hopefully some type of entrepreneurial space. But I don't I don't know if that's for sure where I'll be. And that's where I think I'll be. But we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Lindsay. Is, is there anything else today that comes to mind that you'd, you'd like to say to the audience? Yeah, I'd say if there's something that you want to be doing, if you're feeling like there's something missing in your life, in your career, I mean, there's probably a reason why you're listening to this podcast right now, right? I'd say you can you can trust yourself. I'd say that feeling isn't going to go away if you try to ignore it and rationalize it and think your way out of it. And I would I would say you almost have to follow it. I think those feelings and those pulls are kind of hints to us of what what our path is, what our passions are what our purpose is, right? Whether it's your purpose, your ultimate purpose, or just your purpose right now. And I think we can release a lot of that pressure on ourselves to have it figured out and and plan everything ahead of time and have every step of the way figured out. And I'd say if you have something and you feel that calling, know that you can trust yourself to make that jump. It doesn't necessarily have to mean quitting your job tomorrow. But I think listening to those pulls, whether you want to call it your intuition or whatever you want to call it, is so important to really create a life that feels fulfilling, that feels successful, and that feels like freedom, whatever that means to you. Lindsay, thank you. And thank you for being on our podcast today. I, I, I'm going to speak on behalf of Michelle here as well. We believe in you and you're going to do great things and whatever you want to do in three years, you're going to get it done before then. I'm sure I will. (laughs) We we can tell that. And we're really honored for you to be on a podcast today. And we thank you very much. Is there, is there anything you'd like to share with like how people reach you in the world? Yeah. So my website is lindsayhanson.com. I'm also on social media at Lindsay M. Hansen on Instagram is probably where I hang out most. I'm also on TikTok. And then you can check out my podcast. It's called Quit Your Job, Sis. You can find it wherever wherever you're listening to this podcast or any other podcast platform. Great. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you all for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Not only does it help the show, but we'd love to hear from you. If you have a minute, share your feedback. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time.